Hello everyone and welcome back to Murder, Lies and Everything in Between, a true crime podcast with me, Jess, and my guest host today. Hi! <laughs> this is my sister, Pippa. Um, she is actually going to be joining us today for a special Halloween episode. How are you feeling about it, Pip? Yeah, no, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, no, I've kind of, I've been a bit of a bit of a follower since the beginning so <laughs> it's actually quite nice to be on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> no it's nice to have you pip and um, pip is a bit of a true crime buff as well she loves it she's as she said she's been um my number one fan and my, my husband's number one fan <laughs> since day one um so i think she's really really happy to be here aren't yeah, you I am. thank you um so today we are going to be jumping into a case um but what I'm going to do before that is there's actually been a few kind of true crimey updates over the last few days since I last recorded on Friday. Um, so if anyone knows about the Delphi murders, um, no. have you ever heard of the no, Delphi murders? So this happened in 2017 mm -hmm. um, where two girls actually it was caught on Snapchat. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> basically what it was, just to give you a rundown if you don't know what the Delphi murders are, is basically what the Delphi murders were, these, these two girls, I think the girl was, one of them was 13 and one was 14, and they went out to like this kind of like nature -y place that they always went to, and it was kind of like really known to locals, and they had like a massive long bridge across it. Anyway, they told one of the girls' dads that they were going to be going there for the day. They were going to be going meeting some friends mm. and whatever and just having a bit of fun for a few hours. And their dad was supposed to be picking them up. When their dad was due to go and pick them up, the girls called them and said, yeah, can you pick us up in... I can't remember if it was like half an hour or an hour. When he showed up to pick them up, they weren't there. Um, and they actually Snapchatted a video of a man on the bridge a man on the other end of the bridge and he um in this snapchat they actually heard him saying come on gals down the hill mm. yeah so anyway they've been they've been trying to find out who this man is they've arrested the man and they found him oh, wow. and the effort of who this man was in the in the video they've put him to a local man i think he lives like a mile away from one of the girls and he's been arrested wow and he's his wife has like been deleting all social media posts from like of him wearing the same clothing as what this was in this video and all sorts. Oh, so if that isn't got guilty stamped across, yeah, it, I know it's wow. madness. Yeah, so the power of social media, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, if they didn't have Snapchat, they wouldn't have known any yeah. of this. So I mean, this is what's happening in like true crime things now, where you know. This is we're in a social media age mm. and this shit is being seen by people, you wow. know. So yeah, so the guy's been arrested. Um he's been moved a few times from the things I can see. Um and yeah, so he's what's, got kids. I was gonna say, what's happened to these girls? Like what? they're dead, they were found the day after. Wow. Yeah, both of them were found the day after. They disappeared, they didn't show up, they did search the next day, the girls' bodies were found. Yeah, 13 and 14 year old girls. Yeah, That's I know. Awful. Yeah, they were, yeah, it's so fucking sad. Um, so yeah, he's been arrested. So we're not sure much more what's happened after that, but that's all the information because this is super new, like the last two days this has come out. Okay. Yeah. So that's what's going on with the Delphi murders, because that was a very, very popular case. Um well, so it's that's two young girls, isn't it? Yeah, but a lot of things keep seem to all these big notorious cases seem to be getting caught now. A lot of them, like the Girl Scouts murders. You haven't heard of that. We right. are going to cover that case one day. That man was also um, caught. Brittany Drexel, 
another case she disappeared and they never had anything on her her killer was found recently and um sent to prison for her murder he was charged lots of things are happening in the true crime industry now a lot of things are happening people are being caught left right and center um, and also another thing that's recently popped up and popped up on um, a group I'm in the other day, that a woman has actually claimed that her father is a, a prolific serial killer and has basically killed 70 people throughout 70. the last 30 years. 70? Yeah. 70? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 70 people in the last 30 years. So she's from Iowa. She's called Lucy Studley. And she says that her father, who's now dead, mm. so I'm assuming this is why she's come out yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, her father murdered dozens of women over the course of several decades and made his children bury the bodies. Right. Why did these kids not speak up before this? Because like... he was alive. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't know what's going on with that one, but that's another one to keep an eye on because that's been happening over the last few days. This has come out as well. It's mad how people... he died in 2013. So I mean, it's weird why she hasn't mentioned anything for say, like why nine years. Like... Yeah, her sister adamantly denies it though. Her sister was like, okay. "I don't know what my sister's fucking going on about." No, we didn't help him do this. But is she saying that because? She could potentially yeah. be got into trouble because you're helping well, your dad. Bed, yeah. yeah. So you're helping your dad kill people. Well, not kill people, but bury the, the fucking bodies, bodies and not yeah. say anything. So that's a little update on the true crime industry at the moment. So something to keep you all kind of guessing what's going to happen. Something to keep an eye on over the next kind of couple of weeks, months and years kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> Worried you a little bit there, didn't yeah, I, Pip? Yeah, a bit, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, today's case, we are going to be jumping into a case from Halloween in 2010. So, that's the whole reason we're going to be covering oh. this case, because it happened on the 31st of October, guys. Just because you know I can't sleep as it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> scared the shit out of me even more. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so, um, the sources for today's case were, I looked at oxygen.com, I went on to findagrave.com, murdermurder.news, Fox News, where I watched quite a few kind of interviews and stuff like that and um, news articles, and then medium.com. So they were the sources for today's case. Um, this is quite a known-ish case, I would say. Mm. Um, but it is kind of, it's along the same kind of lines as what we did on Sunday for Sunday's case. Okay, so just to give you a full warning, it's kind of the same lines as it is another family, family annihilation genuinely didn't do this on purpose i already had this case planned but i didn't have the list murders planned in that case so it was complete fluke that i ended up doing this case as well as that one so on the morning of the 31st of october 2010 at 9:30 a.m devon griffin returned home after spending the night at his biological dad's house he quickly popped into the house to grab his choir robe before heading off to church. Okay, so he was in the choir. Right. Okay. They were in quite a religious household. I think they were in a Lutheran church, the same as, oh, same as the one. List family. Oh, <laughs> didn't do I that see on a purpose. Theme going on here. <laughs> yeah, didn't do that on purpose, guys. Um, as I said, he quickly popped into the house, grabbed his choir uniform, and then headed off to church. Didn't notice really much going on. But during that short visit, he did see his stepbrother, BJ Lisk. Okay, he was loading up his dad's white truck um, and he told Devon that he'd be back soon. So that's what he saw his brother, well, his stepbrother, and he said, oh, I'll be back soon. And they both left the family home. 
this this incident literally took five minutes. They were only saw each other for five minutes. Devon thought that it was really weird because BJ wasn't actually allowed at the house without William and Susan being there. William and Susan. So William was BJ's dad mm. and Susan was Devon's mum. Okay. okay. So Do we know why? Sorry, that's my phone listening to what I'm talking about. One second. <laughs> phone, stop listening. <laughs> scary sorry about that guys you know what phones are like these days listening to everything um no we don't know but it was a very quick situation it was a five minute conversation Devin came grabbed what he needed and then bj was kind of just there okay he thought it was weird though as i said um but Devin didn't see either of his parents there so he didn't see his mom or his stepdad there so he did kind of think it was a bit weird but he didn't have time to fuck around with it so he just left all right yeah left to go to church so the same morning, Suzanne Lisk's sister-in-law, Laurie, was trying to get in touch with Derek Griffin. Derek Griffin is Devon's brother, okay? So Suzanne's 23-year-old son, who was still living at home, okay? He was actually due, due to do some work that day for Laurie's husband, but he didn't actually turn up to do the work. So after multiple kind of failed attempts at 7am and 9am, she decided that she'd try and make contact with Devon instead to find out what was going on. So she tried contacting her sister-in-law, Susan. She tried contacting Devon, um, Derek, but couldn't get anywhere. So she decided to contact Devon instead. Okay. 16-year-old Devon arrived home from church about 1, 1.30, and he went straight upstairs to his bedroom to go and play video games Which for a 16 year old would exactly yeah so he went upstairs went to go and play video games a little while later he paused his video game this was around two-ish okay and he noticed the house was really really quiet he thought this was really strange because it was halloween in the middle of the day and he'd only seen bj his stepbrother he hadn't seen anyone else it's weird that is odd yeah. yeah it's strange on a sunday morning halloween yeah it's a bit weird mm. So, Devon decided to walk into William and Susan's bedroom to find them both in bed. Suzanne's foot was hanging out slightly out of the bed covers. He thought it was a bad Halloween joke because it's Halloween. He thought, oh, maybe they're trying to fuck with me. I see where he's going with that. Yeah. So, he pulled back the covers and saw both of them dead. Okay, this well, is his mom what, and dad. his mum and his stepdad. Okay, so imagine. there was blood all over the pillow. Yeah, it was really, really bad. So he ran out of the house in a panic, as you can imagine, and he called his auntie Laurie. So Laurie was the one that was trying to get hold of them. Right, yeah. Okay, he told them what he saw. He didn't. He couldn't get out. He was in so much sheer panic. He couldn't You'd get out. Shock, yeah. He was in shock. Yeah. Um, Laurie wasn't sure what happened, as I said, because Devon couldn't get out much information oh. during this kind of conversation. So she actually raced over to the Lisk house while on the phone to police to find out what was going on. Laurie entered the home. The son was outside. Laurie entered the home while still on the phone to 911. And I've heard this audio of this 911 call and it's fucking horrible. It's horrible. You can hear her enter the home, not not calm, but calm-ish, saying, I don't know what's going on. You know, he's said that, you know, there's blood, but he doesn't know, we can't get out of him what's kind of going on. So he walked in and as I said, you can hear the moment that she sees her brother and her sister-in-law 
dead. It's horrible. And she just breaks down screaming. I'm not surprised. No, exactly. Um, she tells the dispatcher that William's truck is missing, so the dad's truck is missing from outside the home, and that BJ Lisk has had a history of violence and he's known to visit the house on occasion. Okay, so this is what she's told. Right. Because she's already seen, you remember, she's already seen Devon. Yeah. So... The police attended the scene on Jerusalem Road in Martin, Ohio, and found not just William and Susan dead. They also found that a bedroom door was locked from the inside of the room. They obviously broke down this door and they found 23-year-old Derek in his bed, curled up with severe blunt trauma to his head. Okay, and he was dead. And he that was locked from the inside? Locked from the inside, yeah. So how did they get out or whoever it was get out? They don't go into that much. Um, I can't find clarification on that's how this person... odd. It is weird. That's weird. But there's a lot of things that happen in these crime scenes that seem weird and you never get any answers for, which is yes. really frustrating. It's like watching a horror film and never getting the answers that you've ever <laughs> You're just yeah. like, well, that was a waste of my fucking time. I'm never going to get that back. Yeah, you don't get the answer. I'll just warn you now. You don't get the answer how the door's unlocked and, and he got out. Okay, so I'm assuming there must have been access uh-huh. that he could get out. Yeah. Okay, I'm, that's what I'm it's assuming. The only other explanation. It must have got out of a window or yeah. something like that. But he got out because the door was locked from the inside. Right. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little. Uh, I'm going to give you kind of a bit of background on all three victims. Okay. okay? So William E. Lisk, who's also known as Billy, I'm going to refer to him as William. Okay. Because B. J. Lisk is also called William. Confusing. Okay, that's why I've referred to B. J. as B. J. and William as William yeah. to keep it straight okay because it's gonna get fucking confusing else <laughs> so william e lisk was born on may the 11th 1957 in toledo the son of william and shirley lisk billy was a united states air force veteran and worked as a front end loader for a waste management firm he enjoyed hunting fishing gardening and being in the outdoors he was a loving husband and a loving father and the land he lived on was literally his personal heaven he loved it they lived on quite a large bit of ground and he loved it he loved in the outdoors outdoors. yeah yeah yeah, just you can tell as you kind of go through this case you can hit you can see that he was really into all that kind of stuff and the whole family was they were all kind of outdoorsy kind of people church going outdoorsy people yeah um suzanne lisk was born on january the 30th 1964 she was the daughter of benny and edna morse suzanne was a 1982 graduate of oak harbor high school and received an associate's degree from terra community college she married gary a griffin so the dad the kids dad um and they had two sons together devon and Derek. She was the office manager for the Northwest Ohio's Carpenters Joint Apprenticeship and Training Committee. And she was actually a member of St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church. That was a mouthful to get out (laughs) in Ocarba. And she enjoyed hunting like her future Mm -hmm. husband did, camping and gardening. She had a big heart and was known to be a loving mother, aunt, and friend. Oh, that makes me feel really sad. It's like, those so lives sad, just isn't it? like completely like wasted. I know. I like to, in every case, cover all the people's history because I don't want to just focus. We tend to, by default, focus on the murderers and their history, and it's not fair to focus it's on like that. that morbid curiosity, though, isn't it? That's what it is. It is, yeah. But I think it's also nice to put kind of. Mm-hmm. background information on on the people that are these victims in these cases 
Um, Derek Griffin was born on July the 30th, 1987. He was only a year year older than me. Wow. Yeah. He graduated in 2005 at Okaba High School, where he was active in track, setting a school record for the relay in 2005. He was a second-degree black belt and fought in Italy for the US taekwondo team. So he knew how to defend himself. Yeah, it gives, gives me an idea of why it happened the way he did. Right. Because you think he was he was attacked with a claw hammer. He wasn't killed the same way as I'm the parents were. I'm not fucking surprised. <laughs> yeah. yeah, targeting him because he was the easiest target yeah, asleep. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Um, he was also a member of St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, the same as his mother. Derek's favourite pastime was spending time on the Lake Erie in his sailboat and his father's inflatable dinghy. He loved to sneak it away in the early hours morning while still the water was calm. So he could kind of go out and it was just quiet and calm. Yeah. It sounds really nice to be fair. It does. That sounds like a really nice life, doesn't it? Doesn't it just? Yeah. That's my summer plans. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it yeah. all to in the summer. And canoeing and kayaking. Yeah, being feral outside. <laughs> Shower, don't have that for three days. The baby and the dogs just dragged along for the fun. <laughs> oh, but bless them, they're really outdoorsy. Yeah, they were. It's yeah, it's so sad. I think it's really easy for me to compartmentalise these things because I hear so many cases yeah. and I I research so many cases that it's really easy for me to kind of compartmentalise these mm-hmm. things. So for you, it's totally different because yeah. you're not used to not at all. I mean, no. I know I listen to like. I listen to your you know, like yours and that is podcast and like yeah. obviously then I watch documentaries and I've become that I've become you Jess literally <laughs> become that person but you do you, you kind of don't think of them as people do you it's, no it's weird. which is so sad it because is. they are yeah yeah um BJ Lisk was born on the 24th of November 1985 in Martin Ohio uh, BJ actually had a really normal upbringing with his dad he there was nothing out of the ordinary um but his dad did obviously later meet Susan Griffin and they obviously got married in 2001. This is where things started to go downhill. Okay, so this is where he didn't start to get along. Things changed Mm. with BJ. He didn't like the control that Susan had kind of ascertained on the household. Obviously, you know, it's her household at the end of the day. You know, exactly that. And he resented her for, for this and he just caused trouble the entire time because of it. He allegedly didn't get along with their sons either. So Derek and Devon, he didn't get along with either of them. Um, and they both tried to kind of stay out of his way just to avoid trouble. They didn't want to have any kind of interactions with him at all. But in spite of this, the rest of the family blended well. So they all were kind of became really nice, well-blended family. Mm-hmm. Um, and Suzanne's sons got on really, really well with William Liss, their stepfather. They loved him. Yeah. You know, it was just BJ that was causing shit. hundred percent. So yeah. Um, the official police records on stated that BJ, they all kind of started early 2002. Okay, so they got married in 2001. This happened a year after. Right. This is where his police records started. Okay, while BJ, he was only 16 at this point and he was on house arrest. Wow, so he's a baby himself, isn't he? Yep. That's the first time Bill had to call for the police. So Bill William, the father. Just clear that up. Right, yeah. They had to come to their home. BJ had been threatening to harm himself and his father had no idea how to stop him. When the police arrived, BJ attacked them as well. Mm. By 2004, BJ had started escalating from threatening to harm himself to attacking others. In October, he got into a fight with his stepmother, Susan, hitting her. Yeah. 
Two months after this, he was charged with criminal assault and robbery for hitting and stealing Su- um, for hitting Suzanne and stealing her car keys. Okay, he was found incompetent to stand trial on those charges, and they were later dropped. Trying to get BJ the help he needed, his family actually moved into a group home in Sandusky where he would get mental health treatment. Okay, this will come clear in a minute when you hear about kind of his um mental health struggles. Okay. Mm. So he wasn't competent to stand trial. So what that means is they couldn't, there was something going on with his mental health that they couldn't, he wasn't competent to stand trial. He wasn't okay to stand trial. So they had to drop them so he could get mental health care. Um, That didn't seem to be working for BJ though. And he was involved in several fights with his father when he went to pick him up from kind of the healthcare. And he actually attacked others at the facility, resulting in police being called on him three times. He's quite a violent man then, wasn't he, really? It Super started, violent, yeah. Like, quite young. 100% so, yeah. At the time of the killings, BJ was no longer living at home, but he was actually at a halfway house. His dad had kicked him out when BJ tried to rape Susan as she was in the shower. Oh, my God. It's like toes I know. <sighs> That attack landed him a stay in the hospital where he received treatment for schizoaffective disorder bipolar type. Okay, so that kind of clears up. That does make sense. He's not in a he's not in a normal state of no. mind. Okay, BJ's dad still kept trying though to keep him, his son out of trouble. He was such a good dad. He was still looking after him until literally the day he he was murdered. William visited him regularly at the halfway house, kind of going to see if he was okay and all those kind of things. Okay. The week before the fateful events on the 31st of October 2010, William had taken BJ deer hunting at the family cabin 170 miles away in Carroll County. They spent that time enjoying themselves and just camping, hunting deer, just having fun for a week. Trying to get that bond back with his son. 100%. Yeah, I know. It's so fucking sad. Um, They returned home on the 30th of October and they had friends over that evening where they all kind of had a few drinks and stuff. So they had neighbours over, friends, all that kind of jazz. This wasn't kind of out of the ordinary, though. I saw on a Reddit thread somewhere from, I think, he, I can't can't remember if it was a she or a he. I can't remember. It was somebody that was related to them, related Mm. to BJ Lisk. And they actually said that 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 house was known to have like parties. They remember going over to that house because that was the place where everyone, a bit like your house, <laughs> a house yeah. where everybody goes all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone kind of was, was known. Like a social event. That, that was, was like, the social house. Yeah. The social house. Yeah. Um, everyone left this night around midnight. Okay. But G- BJ was too drunk to go home well he was too drunk for his father to drop him off okay, yeah. so his dad said to him look you can stay on the sofa make you up bed and you can sleep it off till the oh, morning bless him. i know this would come to be the last good deed william would ever do for his son though as the police investigation started they checked the home for weapons quickly came across the claw hammer that was used to kill devon in the bottom of a nearby closet from the crime scene evidence, witness testimony, and from neighbours, they were able to piece together the events from that morning. Okay, so this is all the information we have about what happened. Okay, this will be interesting. Okay. Just before 6.30am on Sunday the 31st of October 2010, BJ left the sofa where he had been sleeping the night before and he picked up a claw hammer. He entered Derek's room and bludgeoned him to death while he slept. Such a ca- I'm not not 
That's a coward's way, man. 100%. Coward's way. Probably because he knew he was a black belt in Taekwondo. He was going to fight defend himself, wouldn't he? He would have fucked him up. (laughs) (laughs) He was found with no defensive wounds and he was found in the position he would have been naturally kind of sleeping in. It was likely he was sleeping, as I said, at the time of the attack. And the coroner commented that he probably died from the first blow to his head. So thank God he didn't feel anything. Thank God, yeah. He wouldn't have known much. BJ then left that room, assumably making his way out of the room via an alternative route as the bedroom door was locked, Mm -hmm. as we kind of gone through before when the police arrived, okay? He then took a twenty-two caliber rifle and entered his dad and stepmom's room. BJ firstly shot his dad five times in the head and face, killing him instantly. That's aggressive. Yeah, 100%. In the face. I mean, come on, Pip. I don't know what isn't fucking aggressive about this man. No, no, but like five times in the face. Yeah. He would have had no face left. Your dad. Your dad. Yeah, it's probably why Devon had a fucking breakdown. I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's thought he didn't wake up. He didn't wake up from any of this, and he was as he was found in the sleeping position. Mm. Okay. Again, thank God. Same with Derek. Yeah. Thank God he didn't wake up yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. during this. Um, he then moved on to Susan, though. She was thought to have been woken up during that attack. You remember mm. she's lying next to him. Five shots. You're gonna wake up yeah. to that. Yeah. She tried to actually get away. Mm. BJ sexually assaulted her. This was due to the position she was actually found in. And he shot her three times in the head at close range. Wow. I did see that in one source that she may have actually been sexually assaulted after he actually shot her. Oh my God, that's even worse. But I wouldn't take this as fact Mm. because I only saw it once. And some of the information in this case regarding this is Mm -hmm. conflicting. In one case, I heard rape. One case, I heard sexually assaulted. Mm. One case, I heard... Oh no, we can't verify any of it. Right, so take okay. that yeah, as I'll, what how yeah. you want to take it, okay? Um, what they all did agree with though that she was definitely sexually assaulted of some kind. We just don't know at what capacity. And that was his stepmom. Stepmom, yeah. He then covered them up with the blankets and he left the room. So their maroon blanket, he covered them over with it and he left the room. He must have been in that house alone with the bodies for at least a few hours because you got to remember. Devon didn't come home till 9.30, okay? So we're going 6.30. 6.30, he woke up and went to Derek's room. His brother, his stepbrother didn't see him till 9.30. That's a good few hours. Three hours, yeah. What was he doing in that house? Exactly. Neighbours heard what they thought as gunshots coming from the house at roughly 6.30. So, so it literally all started first thing. Yeah, so what they're saying is basically three, uh, 6.30 the noises were heard that they thought were gunshots. Okay, I wouldn't go after the neighbours because you've got to remember, this is a rural place, everyone owns guns. Mm -hmm. How do they know that this shooting is coming from the house? You can't guarantee that. So I wouldn't put any kind of, I wouldn't put any responsibility on them because that's not fair. Yeah. But they heard gunshots at 6.30. So three hours he was in that house alone with these bodies. Okay. BJ had the interaction that we talked about earlier with Devon outside the house, which only lasted approximately five minutes while he was loading up his dad's truck. He then left the property and made his way to the family cabin, 170 miles away, the one they'd been camping That's at before a long with his way, dad. 170 miles. Yeah. So that they'd come back the day before this yeah. from that same cabin. Um, on the way back, he stopped to pick up a Subway sandwich. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I know. Just got a bit hungry, a bit peckish <laughs> while killing this family. Oh, my God. 
the family were given tips that BJ would probably be at this cabin. Um, when deputies spotted a white Ford pickup truck matching the description given of the vehicle that BJ would most likely be driving. When he approached the man's residence, it reported that BJ casually walked out of the brown single-storey cabin, still smoking a cigarette, and he leaned against the porch. Yep. So blasé. Totally just normal. Normal day. Deputy Balash then pulled out his hang- his gun and took him to the ground and held him at gunpoint until backup arrived so they could help handcuff him. They arrested him and the evidence they found corroborated exactly what they thought had mm-hmm. happened. So a twenty two caliber rifle was found in the truck, the white truck, and DNA from BJ's dad, his stepmom and his brother were all found on the clothing he was wearing at the time of his arrest. He hadn't even got changed. He couldn't give a shit, could he? No, I couldn't give a toss. BJ List was charged with three counts of aggravated murder and was placed on a three million dollar bond. Million. Three million dollar bonds. Wow. Yeah. Um, and actually, funny fact, I heard this the other day and I was quite surprised at this. I thought, we don't have bonds no. in the UK, mm-hmm. but in America, apparently, if you have like a bond, so say your bond's 500,000, you have to stump up a certain amount of cash. The rest of it you can put against your house or whatever, but you have to stump up a certain amount of cash before. So if says, I don't know how much the percentage is, but if it's like 500,000, you might have to stump up 50 grand right. in cash. Yeah, in cash. In cash, yeah. Wow. So there was no way, I mean, he's annihilated his whole family. You think yeah. no one's going to be paroling him out? No. No chance. Um, He pled guilty to all three counts. So he fucking should. Yeah. Um, later after this, he was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Good. BJ Lisk told a courtroom filled with those who know him, his father's family, his stepmom's family, his stepbrother's family, everyone, his whole family, that he could not explain why he brutally murdered any of them on that fateful Halloween morning. So no explanation? No. He said, quote, I loved my dad very much and it makes me feel sick every time I think about what I did. He said, I can't really explain why this all had to happen, but I think most of it had to do with my mental illness. Lisk's defence attorney said it was ridiculous that his client could be declared legally sane, especially when he had a history of poor mental health. He said it's unknown whether Lisk was taking the medication that was prescribed to him for his schizoaffective disorder on the night of the murders. Well, they say night, morning of the murders. Although he had been drinking alcohol. So as we all know, alcohol shouldn't be mixed with any kind of medication, especially that kind of medication. He stated, quote, clearly he should not have been provided alcohol. Something that was a constant problem in his life, the mixture of alcohol and his mental illness. This is what his lawyer said. Wow. Just completely palming it off onto that, basically. I mean, if that's your defence, wow. Yeah. I mean, his clearly his solicitor, well, solicitor attorney, yeah. um, obviously thought that, you know, he shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been sentenced to that and he shouldn't have been found guilty. He killed his whole family. Yeah. They tried going down the whole he's not legally sane kind of thing, but I, I, I he was. God smacks me. Some of these like lawyers, mm. what they try and get let their clients get away with. I know, it's, it's craziness, it's, isn't it? How do they fucking sleep at night? I don't know. How do they even sleep? I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think, you again, like the kind of thing that I do, you have to compartmentalise all oh. these things. And I think that's what a lot of them do. They see it as a job. I can imagine probably people in the forces that, you know, part of their job is to kill people. Mental. I can imagine that, you know, they... Sorry, that's my sister just opening a window. <laughs> that wasn't a fart. 
I thought I did that really stealthily. <laughs> it didn't the slightest. <laughs> um, yeah, I can imagine they just compartmentalise those kind of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's a mad one, but unfortunately, his family weren't the last people that he would kill, though. As on the 31st of March 2015, BJ Lisk committed suicide oh. in his jail cell at Ross Correctional Institute in Chilcothe? Chil- Not a clue. I can't find the pronunciation for it. It's in Ho- Ohio anyway. And he was at the age of 29. He was 29? He was 29 and he committed suicide in his jail cell. What yeah. a very sad end to a very sad life. Wasn't it just? Yeah. 29. Yeah. Committed suicide. Um, yeah. And that was pretty much it. So he took his family's life and then committed suicide five years So ago. how long was it in between when he killed his family to when he killed himself? Five years. Fucking hell. 2010, he killed them and he killed himself at the end of March. I'm pretty sure it was the 31st of March, 2015. Literally two fucking days as well. Yeah. 31st of March, 2015. He committed suicide. Wow. I know. It's so fucking sad, isn't it? It's such a sad story. I mean, unlike the last one, I mean, this this guy took his life. I mean, at least he didn't go running off like John Lister and fucking got away with it for 18 years. And he then... got away with it for 18 years. Oh, sorry. Thanks sorry to say that. Spoiler alert. She, she, hasn't, she hasn't listened to last week's episode. And I'm 33 minutes into it and bloody ruined it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. So, yeah. Um, it's, at least it's, he took responsibility. He took responsibility, yeah. yeah. I mean, they tried going down the whole insanity play, but then obviously they realised that, yeah, yeah no, nah, this isn't... He's evidence was everywhere he wasn't going to get away with it i mean yeah he did i'll give it to he did have poor mental health yeah but his dad did everything to try and help him and that's the thing like he he had the the, support support network yeah to actually i mean we we know people that have got had or been through really bad mental health yeah and they've come out the other side yeah by by support by support and love and the people around him so he had all that in place yeah he did he obviously didn't he obviously was either too far gone, yeah, or he just didn't want to help himself. Unfortunately, I mean, we all know people that they have mental health struggles, and either people really kind of absorb that help mm-hmm. and really kind of take on that help, and they come through the other end of it, like people we know, yeah, or they don't, and they completely just resent that help. They don't want that help, and they end up. I mean, hopefully, you know, it never goes this far, yeah, but. We know a lot of people that this does happen and yeah. they either snap or yeah, something like yeah, that. But yeah. the sad thing about this whole case is, is that, well, one of the sad things about this case is, is that his family, so William's family, actually said to him, he's going to hurt you one day. Like something's going to happen because this is only escalating. He's only getting worse and worse and worse. Oh and he basically turned around and was like, BJ will never hurt us. Oh, I mean, that literally is just It's so sad, isn't it? That he was adamant. He was like, BJ won't hurt us. Like, BJ's not going to hurt me. And look at what happened. Oh, I know. Awful. I know. It's horrific. It's just, yeah. I mean, if this case can get any more sadder than it already is, you know, it's, yeah. It's just horrific. All them, those lives that could have been something and they never will be. Yeah. Like 23-year-old Derek... You know, because I did see him in one of the sources afterwards that Devon's struggling. Like, Devon is really, bless him, like the survivor. He's really struggling. But it's that survivor guilt, isn't it? Yeah, because he wasn't home. Yeah. I mean, he saw BJ. He saw so him. So why, so, like, playing devil's advocate, I'm being yeah. at you now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love how he does this. <laughs> so, like, why didn't he kill Devon? 
I think to be honest, he was out of that kind of he was out of that frame of mind at that time. Whatever anger, whatever he had in his mind had gone, it had already dissipated, and he he'd done whatever he wanted to do. Wow. Yeah, and he just he was done. He whatever he wanted to achieve, he achieved. Wow. Mm. I'm, I'm in shock. I know. Yeah. This is a really, really shocking one, to be honest. I mean, I, I do feel real. I feel sorry for all of them. It's such a heartbreaking yeah. case. But like Devon, like he's really struggling. He has nothing to do with his family anymore. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not surprised. No, like the, the extended family don't really see him. Like he's just. Can you imagine like yeah. how shit that would make you feel as well? Yeah. Like knowing that one, you've got survivor's guilt, but two, that none of your extended family want anything to do with you. Well, I don't, I don't even think it's that. I think it's. I don't think it's that they don't want anything to do with them. I think he's just completely disattached from all of them wow. because of all of this. I just think he's. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk for him, but it's just really sad. I tried to find out was, where he actually I was is. Going to ask you that. Where is he? Yeah, I tried to find out where he is, and there's nothing on him. Like where he is now, he's, so he's probably. He completely is like dropped just, off the face yeah. of the earth. Yeah, which is so sad. And a lot of these, they either go. Very much, oh, well, they'll go to the media and they'll do interviews every so often or stuff like that. It doesn't seem like he wants to do that. It doesn't seem like he wants to have anything to do with it. He just wants to try and move on. And I'm not surprised, really. Yeah. Or he's just in a really, really deep, dark hole of depression and just... Because how old would he be now? Like, so he was 16 at the time. He'd be like, what, mid-20s, late-20s? 16... 28 20, yeah so that's 28 yeah that's of an age where you kind of feel like you've got your shit together yeah and having to deal with all of that yeah it's 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 scary to think that you know he saw what he saw and he's mm. never going to be able to get that vision out of his head of his, of his mother and his stepdad i mean th- if one saving grace is he didn't see his brother yeah. so he was so shocked by that he didn't go into his brother's room he yeah. didn't look for his brother which i'm not surprised because the shock would just take over wouldn't it yeah i mean he as i said he he saw his parents but at least he didn't have to see his brother's mm. head completely just oh, I literally yeah makes my toes every time you say that i know doesn't it it's just yeah it makes it worse it's fucking halloween as well is it <laughs> seriously your son is not old enough to do that no, to you <laughs> no, thank god I never does that to anybody do you remember when i said to you don't drop him on the head don't get any injuries <laughs> yeah. to his head because everybody who knows about these kind of injuries to the head was a lot of the time that starts this shit off for a lot of the time damage to the frontal lobe <laughs> You would keep that wrapped in cotton wool, okay? <laughs> bubble wrap round his head. Yeah, I don't want him staying over my house when he's older <laughs> and like fucking murdering him on me and my sleep and stuff or killing Atty in sleep. So, oh. yeah, that's today's case for you. What yeah. did you think, Pip? Oh, thanks for traumatising me, mate. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that one. It's just, it's just really, really sad. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, it happened on Halloween, so I yeah. get why... But it's just like that whole like mass murder. Yeah. The whole family. It's just there's just yeah. no need for it. If like if you're that fucking angry, go and punch a wall or something. Yeah. Like, or just go shooting. Like go, go shoot yeah. shooting range. Yeah, or... I don't understand why you feel. Yeah. He wasn't in. A, it clearly no, he clearly wasn't not. in a good mental state. Yeah. Clearly, because he did this, or or he wasn't taking his medication. I mean, yeah. No, I couldn't find it clear if he was taking his medication. From the gist I get from it. 
he probably wasn't taking his medication. Mm. So we all know people that aren't taking the medication, yeah. your illnesses get worse yeah, than better. They magnify, don't they? Yeah, definitely. So it could have only gone worse yeah, if you're not taking way. the medication you yeah. should be taking. And yeah, he shouldn't have been drinking, but I'm not into victim blaming. And no. it's not fair to blame no. the victims or he was a grown man. Yeah. He was a grown man, yeah. can take responsibility for his own shit, mm-hmm. and he knew he shouldn't be drinking, so why would you drink? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, I don't know why did it happen the following morning. Yeah, it's, it's odd, isn't it? Six and a half hours after yeah. the guests left. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it was like he just woke up and was like, oh, I That's, know what I'm going to do. Yeah. It, was, it was weird, but we're never going to get those answers for it, because I know his mum actually went to see him in prison. Mm. So his... No, sorry, his mum didn't go to see him in prison. His mum made a phone call to him so his biological mum mm. um called him and obviously those calls recorded yeah and his mum actually said to him why did you do this like why did you do this and he said i can't tell you why i did this because i don't know why i did this and he went i'm not talking about this anymore oh wow so he was like i don't want to talk about it yeah he was adamant i don't so want to talk about so it so he must have like in some part of his brain he must have known shit yeah like like, he didn't think, like, you know, with a lot of these serial killers, and I know he wasn't a serial killer, but they're like... He's a spree killer. Yeah, so, yeah. like, he, like they, they don't really... They're like, oh, yeah, whatever. They don't have no, like... They're just blase. Yeah. yeah. But, like, he actually was, like, shit. Like, oh, he oh knew he fucked up. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really, really sad, because he knew what he did was wrong. Yeah. After. But it's too, 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 too late. late. No. But he too did late. in the... Um, in the court where he kind of did say you know i'm I'm sorry whatever yeah. kind of thing he was so blasé about it in the court he was oh, like wow. there was no emotion to his face when when he was speaking to them right. yeah because all the family were there like um laurie was there you could see her in the pictures she was just an emotional rat because i was like her, her brother yeah. and her sister-in-law like and you know her nephew yeah, like yeah yeah, yeah. And they've just been absolutely masked for literally no reason. There's no, no reason. reason. There's no reason. I mean, there's no reason ever to kill somebody. No. But this is just, it's just even worse. Excuse that was my laptop giving me a notification. Um, there's no reason for this. But this is even more just sad because there's no rhyme or reason why no, he did this. Is nothing. Answers. No. Yeah. And he's gone now. Yeah. So we're definitely never going to get any answers. Sometimes they do later on. 10, 15 years or whatever down the line, they do kind of speak up and say, look, this is why I did it. Um, Especially when they're in a better mental state. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they elaborate more. Yeah. Um, But he can't do that now. So that family will never get the answers that they deserve. No, they won't. They've just got to move on however you move on from something like that and just get on with their lives, however they do without the people that they love in their lives. Yeah. So really, 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 really sad case for you. (laughs) Yeah, really sad case for you. So hope you all enjoyed that one. (laughs) (laughs) On a lighter note. (laughs) And hope you all have a lovely, lovely Halloween, um, Halloween weekend. Um, I think my sister's not very well. You might not be able to tell from her voice. She has been started coughing and kind of snotting over there <laughs> i think i've done really well mate <laughs> you've done fantastic apart from a few pauses <laughs> yeah. um so yeah um i think your halloween plans are cancelled now for all halloween cancelled. parties with roops aren't yeah, they <laughs> all cancelled literally had a full itinerary it's all gone down the shooter 
There's no point of even decorating the freaking house, mate. No, but your house looks mint, though. Thanks, it mate. looks really good. I was saying to Pippa as I came in the house, I was like, I'm surprised your stuff ain't got robbed. Because <laughs> if we're at my house, you can't put anything outside my house. Like, I have got some thieves outside my house. <laughs> to be fair, it's all cable tied, though, Jay. It is all okay. <laughs> It would not stop the people around my area. <laughs> yeah. They take they take scissors with them. They do not give a shit around my area. So we haven't decorated as um, I don't even think we've done a jack o' lantern. You've got you've got no. to at least do a pumpkin, Jess. We spoke about doing it, yeah. um, but we're up so early yeah. that yeah, I don't know. Anyway. We we thought about it. Um, I might pop to the shop afterwards. Yeah, what day is it? Yeah. Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, shop club. Yeah, go and get go and get a pumpkin yeah. just for your satisfaction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We don't have kids to celebrate no, that kind of stuff true. with. Well, to, to be fair, I had all these plans. I'm not doing any of it now, so no. it's all wasted. <laughs> at least you've got a lovely decorated house to look Yeah, at, very now. true. And I'm not taking it all down. Paul can do that. Oh, 100%. That's her husband, by the way, my <laughs> brother-in-law. <laughs> so at least Rupert keeps looking at it all. Yeah. Rupert keeps pointing at it like, yeah. oh, this is no, I like the this. The first night that Paul put them all up, he was so scared. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know that thing on the front door? Yeah. I've turned it off because it, it's, I don't even know what it says, but it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> and it like moves and the eyes do all these weird things. And I, it scares me. So never mind, Rupert. <laughs> He's only like one. <laughs> Poor souls. Bless him, honestly. Mm. So as I said, I hope you all enjoyed that case. Hope you all have a lovely, lovely Halloween with your families and pumpkin picking and celebrating and doing whatever you do on Halloween. Everyone's different, every different every religion's yeah. different. Some people trick or treat, some people don't. Um but have a fantastic weekend guys and hope you enjoyed this slightly different episode <laughs> with my sister. You never know if we get some good feedback we might invite her back oh. again. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly thank you for having me Jess. It's been really lovely. No, it's Thanks been a pleasure time. having you on Pip. Um as you noticed we haven't had Atty on I thought I thought my sister would replace Atty today temporarily. <laughs> well, don't worry. Regular programming next week. He will be back for his argumentative banter next week. Don't worry about that one. And we'll try and avoid the family annihilation next week. Okay, we'll do... I don't know. We might do a serial killer or something next week. I'll Just have to a, lighten it up. <laughs> I'll have a think about it. All right. But thank you so much, guys, for listening this week. Hope you will have a fantastic Halloween, as I said. And we will catch you on sunday next week okay so only six days to wait for a new episode all right have a nice weekend guys and speak to you next time bye, bye.